This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. The Sea Shorts Film Festival was originally founded by award-winning filmmaker Tan Chui Mui in 2017 as an event to screen Southeast Asian short films, but it has since grown into a notable regional film event. With a program of hand-picked and curated short films, as well as forums and masterclasses, it showcases Southeast Asia's stories and emerging filmmaking talents by bringing together the arts and cultural community from the region. It's also a platform for regional exchange and learning, talent recognition, networking and collaboration. So today on the show, I'm going to find out more about what's in store at this year's festival from renowned filmmaker Dane Syed. He's also an artist, he's a writer and he is this year's festival director for the Sea Shots Film Festival. Welcome, Dane. How are you today? Hi, hi. I'm fine. Yeah, How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Such an honour to have you on the show. Really big fan of your work. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, yes, yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, you are, of course, very well known. I'm a Malaysian filmmaker, an acclaimed one. You've written screenplays for three feature films, right? So there was Bunohan, Interchange, Fly By Night. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, your process of uh, writing a script. How long do you usually take? Uh, do you only write or make a film that you feel especially passionate about? Oh, that's a lot of questions. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, no, Too I know, excited I know. to talk to you, yeah, Dane. Sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, the process really depends on actually all the three films that you've mentioned. Um, there are different uh, processes simply because the first one, in many ways, I wrote um, by myself. And then um, the other two... I wrote and then with my producer, Nandita Solomon, as well as my next one I've been writing. So Nandita, my producer, always gets involved from the very get-go, from the very uh, inception of the idea. So the process for me is, you know, as many, it varies, but let me just say that, you know, a lot of the times I get an idea and sometimes, you know, I'm, it just comes and then I start the process of writing, but it depends on what I'm doing also. Sometimes I like to be able to be in the location sometimes that I have in mind of where I want to shoot because a lot of things come with visuals for me. So I might go to, like, Burhan, I went to the East Coast and I stayed there and I knew the area and I'd done one or two other works there and I went and stayed then right and then with let's say interchange because you know um all I knew is is a concept and that is I wanted the story or the the world that is Southeast Asia um expressed in uh in the film as a character and that really is resonant or should resonate with most people living in Southeast Asia on the Santara, as me and Andita like to call it, um, which is, you know, we all experience this where we're a modern, vibrant city, uh, glass and steel, but we're also kind of backed up against the jungle, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean the jungle in the larger sense of the word, you know, the spirit the the forces that be in there, the narratives that come out, the myths and the legends and so on, and folklore that come out of the jungle, you know, whether it's from, you know, Perlis, Glantan, all the way to Sawasrawa, you know. Um, and so that itself, because of that, 
you know, it took time for me to formulate what kind of world I wanted to build. But I knew that the key thing was it needs to be mashed together, uh, the jungle and a modern city. So what I'm saying is, in that sense, I didn't have to go anywhere. But one normally takes time to write somewhere. And then, so that process, I wrote the story flow with, uh, and then after that, I got together in Nandita, and I think uh, to write a script and at another stage, someone else comes in and then another person comes in um, and we worked it uh, into the Malay. This is always in English for me. I mean, I think in English and, um, you know, and then after that, so that's the two films and that's my process. And, um, but in general, if I can, I, I, lo- I like to go to the location and be there. And sometimes I take breaks and walk around or just visit some of the areas around there. And somehow that inspires me or that kind of like feeds into, you know, um, I'm into the mind and the, the process of writing itself and imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So really immersing yourself in, in the yeah. setting in that sense, right? Yes. And what was the second part of that question? Well, I was saying like, uh, do you only write or make a film that you feel especially passionate about? Uh, I think so far, yeah. Um, I don't see any other way, really. Mm-hmm. I, I find it hard to think of, of it. In that. Even even if the work comes or the, the, the idea or the offer comes from someone outside and he says, I'd like you to work on a film, we can fund it, blah, blah, blah. I still find a key or a point of entry where or add something within the stories that really uh, I'm interested in or uh, that can, if you like, uh, I find a hook in it that resonates or in terms of my particular interest that I have. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, speaking of things that resonate, I was reading that Interchange was actually inspired by uh, from a photograph. Uh, am I correct? Yeah. yeah, can you tell me about yeah. that? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try and come back to it brief. So, um, the thing is, with Interchange, I mean, I I was doing, I found that photograph when I was researching for Dukun, uh, which I wanted to base it on again indigenous or if not tribal uh, communities and their culture. Then I came across that. And then, so that must have been like, God, 2006 or something, five. And then, you know, I thought it was an interesting photo, but the mind, the the idea already stuck. Then I did Bonohan and went through it again, researching some folklore mythologies, but it's always there. And then um, when I was editing uh, Bunohan, we did that in Bangkok, but dates had changed, but I had to go anyway. So I was staying at a friend's house, which very kindly allowed me to stay there. It's a huge apartment because that person, this friend is never around. So she just said, stay here. And then I had, like literally a few months to stay there. And I was wow. overlooking uh, Sukhumvit. Anyway, so I started writing Interchange then. And that's when the the idea was already there after editing and after even finishing Bunohan. That was 2010, mm-hmm. uh, 2011. And so by the time I came around, 
to editing it, I think 2011, moving to 2012, I started writing it. So the photograph essentially is from a Norwegian ethnographer who traveled through Borneo. And I, and I thought, I love the irony in, in the sense that the photograph with these women bending over in a, in a stream, and it said that it's taken slightly from the back, three-quarter angle, and it said, uh, okay, okay, woman, Bukit women, but I think it must be Bukit women, which is part of the Dayaks community, I think, and in the interior. And it's a Bukit women washing themselves from the evil effects of being photographed. So I imagine this to be a kind of perpetual uh, motion of washing and then being taken a photograph while they've been washing and then being and then going to wash away the mm-hmm. evil. And it just keeps going in a loop. So I just thought there'd be an interesting stories. So that that's where it came from, really. Yeah. Okay, that's that. That's that's fascinating. And I mean, what can you talk to me about uh, your philosophy or thought process uh, that you have about filmmaking elements such as cinematography and and also editing? How does that play into it? I think you know, the seed of an idea could come for me via visuals or via. Uh, reading um, and that reading isn't necessarily for storytelling or novels mm. comes a lot of the time because I like to read many different uh, areas outside of fiction uh, namely you know uh, reading about culture or, or or areas of other kinds of disciplines whether it's anthropology and sometimes readings on ethnography so you know that kind of thing Um, even art history and um, yeah all the different areas of discipline I'm interested in and then sometimes uh, it's what I call it provides what I call a trigger mechanism it just triggers certain things and sometimes it could be uh, always a visual and even songs sometimes um, would instigate a certain image image or imagery that comes to mind and then or an idea and then what happens is I start uh, looking to it and researching and reading uh, wanting to read about it and so that's how uh, my process is and then I start uh, writing while I'm researching and reading and sometimes what happens is I, I always have to put story first but Usually there are reams and reams of notes. I try to organize them, but they end up being disorganized. Sometimes I have two to three papers, you know, like, okay, this one's for this, this, this. And that's why I always work in a big dining table. So <laughs> so the things are always open. It doesn't shut, you know, because I, I think it's the figure. That's why I think in today's world, I'm envious of young people and kids, you know, they're on the laptop, they only see one page. I... I, and maybe they have two, three different things going, overlapping behind it, but I've got to physically see it, you know. <laughs> it's really weird. I guess it's maybe more tactile and more um, using your sens- uh, senses, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm with you la on that Dean. I cannot I cannot have it all on the laptop. I need to see my notes everywhere. Yeah, I need to still yeah. write my notes. I cannot type yeah. it. Yeah, all of yeah. that. I'm totally And you do you also like sometimes I even like have them on the wall. Yeah. Like under different, you know, I put cardboards out and I just put them so like red, black and orange so that they are different topics, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, totally. Crazy. 
Totally with you on that. And, you know, just looking back at you know, all these years, right, has, has your approach to filmmaking changed uh, at all? I think um, we're always learning. So, yeah, I think you adapt to the situation. You're always adapting either one with the technology and two, you're always adapting with the circumstances because... Uh, you can't ever always work with the, the same team always. It's not possible because, you know what I mean, um, for whatever reasons. And then also I think um, the different scripts or the different ideas uh, calls upon you to approach it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you know, why Bunhan, I was there at the locations on so forth because I knew that place, I knew that world, yeah. and I wanted it in there simply because that location somehow rather is much more intuitively uh, informs uh, the ideas that begins to develop. For example, I wanted only white sands. And, you know, I, I grew up in areas where the sand is literally paper white. And it's not even by the beach, it's you know, where the kampongs are. And I I realized that it's one of the most beautiful things and it is a beautiful place. And, you know, then the idea came, I want blood to be spilled in paradise. You know, Mm -hmm. I want violence to be born out of paradise. And I, I do consider that place, you know, a kind of paradise. But at the same time, it rubs up against the mangroves, which are, you know, extremely primal. Mangroves is a very primeval or primal place. It's dark, yeah. you know, yeah. filled with all kinds of creatures. You know, it goes back through time and centuries in the geography of the land and how we live, but also the geography of our psyche, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that sort of intertidal, you know, nature of it, right? Sort of two worlds converging into one, and all these yeah. interesting sort of, you know, different sort of creatures live there. So that's also very interesting, I think, as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And it goes harks back again to our who we are. Mm. That's where stories come, and narrative stories, folklore, myths, and legends come out of there. There's no accident that for me. You know, some of art forms come from a certain kind of territory or landscape, while others come from a different kind of... I think, in a way, there, there are connections to that. Yeah. And particularly in the East Coast, you know, when you talk about the Mayo and the Wayan Kulit and all that, it's pretty much animist. Yeah. And then, you know, and the land is very much... The idea of relationship to land and how you shape land basically turn space into place via narratives and storytelling is really claiming the place. Yeah. You know, space is space. Yeah. But when you develop, you know, a sense of belonging to it via narratives, via stories, storytelling, folklore, that's when you turn the space into place, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was really apparent in Bunohan. I, I love that film so much. And yeah, mm-hmm. really you claim that space. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's just go for a quick break. Dane, when we come back, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the Sea uh, Shots Film Festival. I'm speaking today to Dane Syed. He's an artist, filmmaker and writer. He's also the festival director of the Sea Shots Film Festival 2022. We're going to discuss that after this quick break. Keep it right here on Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me today is Dan Syed, renowned artist, filmmaker, writer, and he's also the festival director of this year's Sea Shots Film Festival. Uh, the Sea Shots Film Festival is an event to screen Southeast Asian short films. Uh, it's grown into a regional film event. Uh, and Dan, of course, is the uh, festival director this year. Dan, maybe we can talk a little bit about the festival now. So this year marks the physical return of the Sea Shots Film Festival. Uh, for yeah. those who are not so familiar, maybe you can tell us a little bit about... Uh, why this uh, festival came to be, uh, you know, with the team behind it, you know, those sorts of things. I think, you know, I mean, as far as I know, um, you know, it's it's been running, I think, since to, uh, for a long time. It's funny, actually, 2017 is pretty recent, really, but I, for some reason in my mind, it's been ongoing for, for much longer than that. <laughs> I think maybe that's the, the the effectiveness of of the event as as a you know, on on the cultural um, calendar, because I think I think the idea was to actually tap into and grow the talents that we have in the country. We all all filmmakers start one point or another. Uh, they have to start somewhere, um, and they start with um, short films. And I think it also comes very timely after the explosion of of a new generation of filmmakers associated around or with Da Huang and Tan Chui Mui was there, Amir Muhammad, and other filmmakers who are independent, like Seng Tat or Yu Hang or Yu Hang. So suddenly there was this different kind of feeling to about what is happening in the Malaysian film industry um, with these young filmmakers coming through. It hadn't grown yet then when they were at their height uh, into what it is, or at least film had grown into what it is today with exposure of the internet and so on and so forth. So I think, you know, it was pretty, um, I think it's pretty visionary really to want to do something like that. And I think it is from, and I take my head off to Tan Chui Mui and the team behind her, the team currently running behind her are people like, you know, Goli Kwang, Jackie Yap, you know, Eddie Tan and Alphonse out of Singapore, Alphonse Chu, who himself are, is an artist. And all these people like Goli Kwang is also a musician, actually. Yeah. So I think they all got together. And I think sometimes it's very, very important because when you do something like that, it's because, you know, there's only so much that organizations and the powers that be can do. And I think culture comes from moments like this. It doesn't always come from above. You know, I've always believed that yeah. in whatever uh, medium we're talking about, whether it's painting, literature, and of course, films, it always comes from street corners. It comes from cafes. It comes from, you know, um, the streets, basically. And that's what this is about. And when Da Huang came about, and I think the filmmakers, like I said before, just now, let's not forget also like James Lee, yeah. who's one, and I mean, uh, I think I mentioned Amir as well, yeah. who then kick-started this, this new direction, if you like. And I think that that itself means that if you start something, inevitably, there will be others who will follow, right? And I think it was timely that we set up this thing and it's been running really successfully. And I think their programming are pretty um, brave and challenging as 
we move on from year to year. And right now, if you just look at the programming, for those who are interested, please go and look into in Facebook and, and their, their website and just look at the, I, I don't even need to say anything, you look at what's in the, what's in the, um, uh, the programming and you'll see it's it's pretty amazing. Just to touch on it a bit, um, the theme is future. You know what will happen in the future. I, I guess some people will call it futurism or the post-human, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, of course, there's the traditional filmmaking, but we are really uh, on the cusp of not just the changing technology. And as you know, creativity and technology always come hand in hand. Technology is not an idea. You can have all the technology, but it's when you marry it to ideas that the sparks happen and that may open up new areas and new ways of creation and also new ways of, um, specifically in film, of telling stories. Mm -hmm. You can see that whether... It's um, in AI and script writing, whether it's the format now post-pandemic, where you see films coming out of Japan, I think, where you're using the format of Zoom or and then there's, of course, VR, which we can go and talk about it later, which then expands because VR has a certain immersiveness, which perhaps traditional film cannot uh, fill yeah. yeah and that changing direction what will be known as futurism is extremely important i think you know whether we are ready for it or not in terms of the support of the ecosystem within the malaysian film industry can cater to that there are i think it's, that's why i say it's very brave and willing to face the challenges you know, because it's 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 in many ways um, just a spark of an idea, but we and the team are pushing forward to try and and drive this through to the next, hopefully, two to three to five years. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it's like trying to catch the wave before the wave happens. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. okay. And I mean, yes, and she wanted, you know, uh, the, there was a need, as I suppose, as well for exposure to Southeast Asian perspectives, isn't it, in terms of yeah. short films and all of that. There was a, I guess there were, they, they did exist, but maybe not brought together in such a cohesive manner uh, through this, yeah. like it is in this festival, yeah? Like everything else, I think, you know, in everything, I mean, it's not just us, this organization, mm. but everything, you know, it's a process that means also attached to that is the idea of growth and the idea of adapting to changing technologies. You know, when you look at it, film is one of the, the, the one thing, wonderful thing about film and areas of media is that when it comes to technology, it's the fastest area where technology changes, yeah. you know, and habits changes. And even like, I think it, it you look at TikTok, you look at uh, IG, you look at all this, what I call really visual culture, you no longer can just kind of demarcate it and say, this is film and film only. And what I love about um, what we and the team in C-Shots are trying to do is expand it and open it up and be able to see that it is about visuality. It isn't just film that we see on the big screen in cinema or just on the screen at home, 
but there are many different areas, different ways. And so why the team itself includes musicians, artists, and people like Jackie Yap himself, uh, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie Tan, who's also been in M- MMU for a while. And it's always a kind of like a, pro- a creative and process looking and being in touch with film or what I call visual culture and seeing seeing it grow and transform and permutate into wherever that might that might go yeah. and the thing is challenge to take it grab it and say what can we do with this which I think is is really really exciting and I think it's exciting it should be exciting for the young and the one thing about it, it's inclusive not just in terms of the the narrative cult the cultural narratives that can be born out of it but also the changing technology and it comes hand in hand and for that you know i think it's i'm excited to be um invited actually uh late in the day however much it was so you know but they worked hard man i'm i'm, I'm glad really that i you know i was a bit late in it but yeah yeah Okay, so I mean, as festival director, I mean, what can you tell me about perhaps the process of selecting the programming at at Sea Shorts? Uh, is that something you can comment on? I, I think the the process is that they've got they've got different areas, right? They've got the short films, they've got this, uh, the the Sea Shorts that is, and then they've got the student film, mm-hmm. and then they've also got uh, the next new wave, right? Right, and then. They've got one cu- uh, curator, um, mainly in the hands of Alphonse Chu. But I think between Alphonse, Eddie Tan and Jackie Ya, I think there's always discussions in terms of under the different kinds of programming, what comes under those things, you know, what are the criterias for those different areas. And I think you'll find uh, these are bright young people. And I think, you know, under the curatorship of, of Alphonse, I think it's also very exciting um, because like I said, it's, it's, it's far reaching, it's broad, but it's also inclusive and it has a very particular direction, which I think it's, um, it's a good thing. It's, it's, and it's taken sometimes years to get to a certain place, sure, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If I could just quickly ask you, just one thing. I mean, like you said, the program, there's an amazing lineup of things. Um, But the opening program, that's something you're involved in as well. It's called Oracle Bones, right? And uh, that's a special presentation, but a guest curated by an esteemed Dutch curator, am I correct? And an artist. um, And that draws upon the idea of storytelling to explore how stories and cinema persist beyond the visual media of a movie. I think that's really interesting. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, I think, again, I go back to the idea of um, visual culture or visuality. Sure. Because I think lines are, are, are blurred in some areas of filmmaking, whether it's documentary uh, or filmmaking. And then now, as I said, they brought in this idea of, you know, in, in the main body of the program, you know, uh, TikTok filmmaking, perhaps IG and right down to the Zoom format, you know. Yeah. Now going back to, uh, going a few steps back to answer your question, Gertjans Zilhoff actually came uh, from a festival background, so at least that's how I met him. And everyone knows, and he's been always great supporter of Southeast Asian cinema. And I think um, Southeast Asian from 
particular, I think, uh, uh, in the region, but also a great supporter of Malaysian uh, filmmakers of the young, let's say, since the 90s or mid late 90s to 2000. And, and then um, I think he left and he became an artist. I mean, he, he'd always been, I think. But to answer your question, Oracle Bones is really about an area which I've always been, you know, where I've always been interested in, but I think the people that were chosen also, people like Amir Muhammad who do film essays. And I started also very young, when I was younger doing film essays. And then I've also done video installation work uh, in its heyday in the nineties when video installation was part of um, um, an art format, if you like. Sure. What was screened at uh, the Sydney Biennale and stuff like, and things like that. In other words, there is not just one way to tell a story, at least within the visual medium. Um, that means you can actually push it further and outside because at the end of the day, it really is about storytelling. Film is just the format or the medium within which you say you want to tell your story. It could be you might use shadows, you might use um, comic book, you might use anything else that you in that that's available to um, uh, from the past to to the present and so I think that that's what the is and it's the spirit I think of Oracle bones but also expresses in a way the core spirit of of sea uh, shorts is to expand dive in into the possibilities of storytelling not just in the visual medium such as film or video, but beyond beyond that, outside of that, which I think, you know, is, in other words, it's an exploration and that is possible that can pass the message also to people that actually storytelling and narratives doesn't have to be uh, fenced in. Uh-huh. Yeah, by by the medium. Yeah. 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 And I think one of the cheeky questions is, you know, will there even be film or filmmakers in the future, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as you I think as it's always been in any kind of area of art of the arts or even anything, um, it sometimes works in cycles. Mm. And the cycle is in one era you might have a certain kind of format or certain style of filmmaking and then that changes into something else and then in another another few years a newer generation might look at the past and say that's an interesting way interesting way of storytelling it happens music right you know i was surprised when i see sometimes younger kids really into music of my generation, yeah. you know, yeah. and then they start even looking at it and in a way taking, imitating it and then playing in those styles. And I think it can work, it would work possibly in, in the visual arts. So it thinks works in a cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And um, so, of course, you know, Sea Shorts, as the title alludes to, is about shorts, isn't it? Uh, short yeah. films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just just talk to me a little bit about uh, what excites you most, you know, when it comes to short films. You know, what makes them special to you? It's funny. 
this links back to what we just said. And so on the one hand, you have shorts. And then, I don't know if you can call this. It, now you have the extremely short and the very short, such as TikTok or yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And then you have, you know, on the other hand, you know, you have filmmakers like, I don't know how to say his name, Carvin de la Cruz, you know, who explores maybe much longer themes or people like um, the most extreme would be um, his, his name escapes me for the moment. Famous Filipino filmmaker who makes films for 10 hours, eight hours, you know? Yes. And then of course you have on the other extreme or not extreme, but you know, traditionally you have people like Balatar who's one sequence of one shot sequence may take, you know, uh, um, uh, minutes where for the young today it will be unbearably painful, you know, for them because everything's fast, fast, fast now, right? So coming back to shorts, I think when I, I, when I can only reflect this back on my own experience, of course, when I came back and I was started working in the street, I did, I, uh, you know, I was in TV and then I gave up on that because I really thought that was a waste of time. <laughs> and I joined, um, it was exciting, but they came and checked and hacked away whatever we did because it was too risque or whatever. I uh, worked with a woman called Linda Chong. We did the Jang and the Katawa and we did some other program. And then that. I, that's when I went into commercials and literally you have to tell a story in 30 seconds. Yeah. And you have to tell a story in a minute, right? And sometimes I, I do some things which are challenges in terms of to myself, how to structure something and still hit certain points and still express uh, in this in as best as you can in 30 seconds or a minute. And I think it was it was great for me um, in cutting my teeth, if you like, um, in the whole culture and aspect of filmmaking, because, because in those days, you know, the budget was very, very healthy um, and very, very big clients. And so it was great that you learn the discipline, efficiency, and then how to transform your creative idea on paper onto visuals, you know. Yeah. But of course, you know, it's a different set of skill, but essentially the same, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then so I'm, say, I'm saying with, with, with um, short films, it's a great avenue and opportunity to give to the young and emerging filmmakers to cut their teeth at narrative and to be able to fashion any kind of narrative within the given time um, of a short film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's an important aspect of filmmaking culture that needs to be encouraged and needs to be supported. And I think that's why Sea Shorts, I think that was the purpose, or at least the dream and the uh, the intention uh, is to build because it's clear that the young people are more and more want to make films because it's so readily. I mean, today's the this the the phone and visuality and the camera is today's pen. You're right. right? Yeah. It's today's you can just put a film together. It doesn't necessarily make you a filmmaker overnight, 
But what it does is it trains you in terms of, and it, it encourages and it pushes you on, you know, and, and being able to see that you yourself can articulate your ideas and articulate um, the vision that you may have um, towards making a film. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, there are so many other things, uh, you know, happening at this year's Sea uh, Shorts Festival. There's, of course, um, workshops, there's forums, there's talks. So, you know, as, as you said, Dane, just yeah. head to the uh, web- yes. website and check it yeah. out. Just before I let you go, you know, who do you, who would you say should attend? Uh, how can we attend? You know, can you give us those that information? Yeah. But I think, you know, what's interesting is about this program, it's comprehensive, but also very very targeted mm. and in a sense it's inclusive of the, the kind of challenging technologies that we will be facing by the end of the day still tied to the idea of narrative storytelling via the visual medium and i think it's and you've just mentioned yes we have forums we have workshops and um and I, it's not, even though, yes, it's tied and we're, you know, grateful that it was supported by MMU and all these other sponsors that comes from abroad, you know, in small measures, but they all add up and it, it helps us to, to actually create this platform for those interested in visual medium and particularly, of course, for the young. Um, and I think it's important that what, what is really important in this is that it's so inclusive and at the same time expansive in terms of the ideas. And I think it, I would love to see, I think we would love to see uh, young people from different universities and learning institutions, but also young people who are interested in film, whether they're in, in institutions or not. And then I think also um, academicians and people just generally, and I, I really hope that people of the older generation would go and see and attend, and then they might understand what this is about that might inspire their own children, right? Mm -hmm. And how important it is for the culture in Malaysia. Okay. All right. Well, Sea Shorts 2022 will take place from the 21st to the 25th of September uh, at MMU Cyberjaya in Slango. Uh, For more information, folks just need to head to seashorts.org. All the information is there. My thanks to you, Din, uh, you know, for uh, giving us a heads up on what's happening. Uh, uh, Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for for talking I've been speaking to Dane Said, artist, filmmaker and writer and also the festival director of the Sea Shots Film Festival 2022. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.